How you doing, bro? Very well. Um, all things considered. Of uh, course. Was out last night filming at the uh, George Floyd uh, Solidarity Rally here in Montreal. Thousands, thousands of people. A lot of catharsis. A lot of anger. A lot of, um, a lot of beauty. A lot, a lot, a lot of things. How about yeah. you? I've been alright, man. I've had a ton of conversations about George Floyd, frankly. I'd say seven conversations from different, all different walks of life, just trying to hear what people are thinking at the time. And it's pretty interesting, man. I feel, um, I don't know, for me, these difficult conversations are just where it's at. I just want more difficult conversations, better difficult conversations. Because because difficult conversations like help eventually bridge gaps because eventually you're you're closing the space you're talking to somebody with whom you have a a gap and if you do that difficult conversation correctly the two of you might end up closer together is that the yeah i think that we are all experiencing the world through our lenses and our lenses are all subjective and limited and that's just a feature of humanity and the only way to bridge that gap is through a good conversation there i think there are people out there who truly believe that they don't have any ill will or ill uh, racial animus inside of them and they purely haven't had to deal with some of the difficulties and had to really sit down and think about their society and what kinds of things go on. Um, I struggled with watching the video for a long time because to me, the ugly side of of policing is really, it's clear already to me. I already know it. I'm already aware of it. And so watching this George Floyd video made me cry. Strong, long, deep tears. And it's a kind of rehashing a trauma that a lot of people are doing. And I just, I guess for me, it's like, I think in terms of like advising people to watch the video, I would say, if you are, if you need more information about what the full scope of policing in America could look like, then definitely watch that video. Definitely understand because a lot of people have a misconception that it's like uh, one of these TV shows and it's all clean and the good guys are doing the good things and the bad guys are doing the bad things and blah, blah, blah. And if you need some clarity, then watch the video. But for quite a many number of people, like it's, it's, you don't need that education. It's simply a practice of kind of rehashing a trauma. And maybe, maybe you don't need to watch the video. So I don't know. I truly believe that 99% of the people with a heart, with a beating heart, are uh, really upset and appalled. And um, this is an opportunity to see, see what happens next, see if we can sustain some of this anger into some political action. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think uh, the next step, right? So you, so if people watch a video like this, um, and, but then they say, yeah, that, that, that cop, and we now know his name and Derek Chauvin is how we pronounce it in French, but I, I think it's like Chauvin is how they, Chauvin or something, how they pronounce it. Um, you know, the, he, you know, something needs to happen to him and, and whatever happens to him determines how the bigger problems are addressed or not moving forward in some ways, right? Like it sets the tone for how, these things will be addressed in the future and what other cops can expect in the future um, for their behavior. I guess like one of the things that was interesting last night, like one of the, like the most um, uh, fascinating moments for me was when a lot of the protesters took a knee and were saying to the cops who were in a, in riot gear in front of them um, saying, you know, if, if you are truly with us, if this is one bad cop and here in Montreal, we have, I don't have the exact number for me, but at least a dozen unarmed people that have been killed by police in the last kind of 10 years, I would say. Many of them black. And throughout the day, there was many people, and that's why I said catharsis opening this up, is there was many people taking the opportunity to kind of y yell in some ways or, 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 or tell their story of something that had happened to them individually uh, to a police officer on a megaphone. Right. Um, in situations like this, getting this out, it's, it's kind of like a me too these are like me too moments for a lot of people in the street, I think. Right. And 
and so the, there's a moment where everybody so if these are one bad cop if it's one bad cop in our in 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 the case here in montreal who killed nicholas gibbs or who killed farshad Mohammadi or whoever these whoever might have been then if you guys are not them then we're all taking a knee right now can you please just take a knee with us for a second and show that you're with us show you're different you guys are all the fucking same no, they're not. 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 Speak up. Speak up. Take a knee. 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 This was attempted numerous times and no cop flinched, right? Like, even came close to taking a knee. Well... I mean, you you expected them to take a knee, the cops. Well, we have examples of knees taking of cops taking knees in in the United States. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely, yeah. We have footage of this. Is what's been so interesting. We've got footage. I wish I could tell you which of the cities because we've had protests, thankfully, in every state, all fifty states in the United States. But we have footage of cops taking knees, like on mass in riot gear on a knee we also have footage of protesters standing in front of uh small businesses and shops like even shops like target standing and and differentiating themselves from from looters there is not a police officer over here that thinks minnesota was justified we stand with you on that but this is our city our city do not let People who are not from this city have you come here and blew up your city. But no one, but no, not on, not in, not in Montreal. No, definitely not. And then, yeah. and then the cops attacked a little while later, and uh, and then that's when the the vandalism and the looting started was after the tear gas and the beanbag bullets yeah. I think that protest needs to happen obviously and I think that uh, the people who are overly focused on rioting and looting uh, and less concerned with the initial crime the initial murder the initial catalyst for all this like that's a problem how did you feel when you saw like police officers kneeling. I thought it was a brilliant showing of solidarity. It was an important opportunity for them to show that they understand. I have friends who work in the police force in New York City, and I, I had these conversations with them. And the two friends I'm thinking of, they both spoke through tears on the phone with me, as they and these are black men. Um, it's not enough to take a knee. They know that, and I've explained that to them, and they know that what needs to happen is justice. Uh, all four of the officers in that video, or, or whoever was in that video, the, 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 the law enforcement people in that video need to be held accountable. People need to go to jail, need to be tried and then convicted. And then we need to have a serious conversation about policing and about, to me, it seems like one of the problems is, is like the interpretation of the law for how police officers can apply their force and to what degree they're culpable when something goes wrong, when they apply their force against either the, the wrong person or they've applied it, you know, and, and killed someone or harmed someone in an undue fashion, they need to be held accountable. We know that accountability and legal penalty, penalties can, can like prevent future bad action and so that's that's to me the obvious solution here and and you'll be surprised i think at how many officers kind of get that and the question is what does that look like in a, on a in terms of legal statutes yeah yeah that sounds right i wonder what it means for all the brutality and and violations of people's rights and dignity that happens that isn't filmed moving forward you know like how do we address those cases which are probably more numerous like how and i guess that's a step it's a step to, to 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 get justice in the cases that are filmed that's a step and and then and maybe that's the step that we're at right now one of the other interesting questions i want to th throw at you 
uh, that you mentioned is just about about riot as um as a as a weapon of political change and i have one of the things that's so interesting is that you talk to different people and different people have like really really educated well-read people will come up with totally contradicting arguments right for for this stuff where they'll say like look at the 60s and all that was achieved through peaceful protest it's like man, the United States burned in the 60s too. Like there was like 300 massive riots like in the US yeah. in that same period. But it gets told as the history of Martin Luther King and some of that. And, and I'm not putting that, like, like both these things happened at the same time. So to try and figure out who was responsible for the, for the meager reforms that did happen is really hard. It's really hard to figure out who strengthened whose hand and what, what force did what. And, and I haven't seen anybody be able to I don't see how anybody could and I haven't seen anybody will do it to actually like break it down and say, well, this was the, these were the tactics that were actually the ones that worked, you know, the best we could say is probably they, 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 they fed each other, they arm each other in some ways. Um, as long as everybody can keep their eyes on the prize and, uh, on what the real, the real issue is, you know, and I don't know what, what, what do you think? Exactly. About that? I think that's right. I think if you have a, <clears throat> if you want to have a fantastical vision of what the '60s was, you could believe that uh, it was just a moment when everybody was involved in some political action, and, and that's not true, um, and that it was all peaceful, or that the majority of it was had to do with boycotts and sit-ins. That's not true either, and um, you know the two. The two iconic names of that of that era, Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King are held up as like uh, foils against each other. You know, I know they actually had periods when they were overtly hostile to each other, um, but they also recognized the value that each brought to the movement and they they had different roles to play. And they, uh, like you said, fed each other. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting is <clears throat> in this moment, you know, look, a riot is an important part of political activity, uh, but it's also a blunt instrument. Talk about a blunt instrument. It, it doesn't necessarily lead to the best outcomes. And necessarily, what's needed is the next step. And I think it's important to ask for that. And I think it's important that we allow the moment to be what it is. And we make these systems uncomfortable because they deserve to be, because they've neglected these conversations, they've neglected the outcry, meaning, in other words, when, when LeBron James puts on a shirt and says, I can't breathe, they told him not to wear that. When someone goes to the Grammys and makes a speech about police brutality, they said that that's not the place either. They told Colin Kaepernick not to take a knee. And so those were peaceful. And then you continue to delay the changes that are necessary structurally. And so this is what, this is what happens. But um, so, for instance, Killer Mike in Atlanta made a strong claim, I thought, to say, yo, Atlanta, there's a black business community in Atlanta, creative business community that's 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 built that's been built over decades. And we should be mindful about how we engage with that, even as we protest and in Minneapolis and in every city. I, I think it's I think it's useful to consider how to refine the tools being used and to be more deliberate and to be sure that we can, to be sure that there's something to build afterward. There's something productive to be built afterward. That is, that is key. I mean, that, if, if you don't do that, you're compounding the tragedy in some ways, if you ask me. Yeah. Like a riot can only say what you don't want. Like as an instrument, it can only say this thing that happened. I didn't like it. I'm not liking this. Like th they can only reject things. They can't propose things as a tool, right? So like you're definitely going to need some some vehicle or multiple vehicles that are going to propose things, um, to what to replace it with, right? And so, I, in some ways, I feel like the same way I feel about about uh, one of the tragedies of drugs being illegal, yet still ex like people still having access to them, is that there's so few places like in the mainstream or popular place where you can go to actually find out how to responsibly use drugs, right? So you end up with a lot of irresponsible use of drugs because people don't know how to use them, but they have access to them. Where do you go to find out like, wh like how, where do people get an idea of like responsible rioting so in the sense of like conscientious thinking about who are the potential victims of this 
looting or this rioting or of this window, like if I have to smash a window, which one? <laughs> you know, because if you if you smash up a target, the victims are few. You know, it's uh, all that stuff's insured. These guys are getting, you know, billions of dollars in bailouts anyways. They're owned by hedge funds ultimately. It's um, it's almost like a make work thing. You know, it's uh, the local person who replaces glass is gonna have more work. It's like, and the person who's gotta clean it up. It's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like a jobs program. Whereas if you smash up the family owned place or the, you know, 30 employee business, um, or in some really sad cases, we saw uh, there was like a, a community center, basically um, like a community-run center that was smashed up in Minneapolis where people used to get workshops on uh, the, the indigenous history of the area and things like that. Like that got burnt to the ground. I, I think that's I think that's key. And you're right. Where do you go for that? We, we don't have anyone. You know, I, I don't... If we're going to be real about this, if people like are going to talk I, about... Riot, say, you know, yeah. if we're going to talk about rioting as legitimate political tool it's like well let's you know let's get into that i found it incredible today to see footage of black activists standing in front of stores arms locked telling looters people who seem to be there only for the destructive element of this and saying look there's a difference between me and you i'm here for this movement i'm here for george floyd and I'm going to ask that you're here for George Floyd as well. This action in and of itself, you know, if, if you're only excited by, by this part of the movement and not excited by you know, understanding the historical relevance of, of uh, policing and, and, and black bodies being tormented, then, then we aren't the same. You know, that kind of nuance is important. Uh, and I respect that, and I think there's a difference, and I think we can get swapped up, we can get kind of uh, sweeped up, particularly when you've got elements on the right, including the president, also lacking nuance and just kind of like being opposed to this kind of political action. Generally, it's easy for us to all sort of defend aggressive political action and riots, and I do, I do, I defend it. I see it as a legitimate form of political activ activization, if that's a word. <laughs> activization but um but there are differences that are worth pointing out and it's very important to to have our our incentives set up correctly where we uh we don't incentivize just wanton taking advantage of a, of a bad situation which i think a minority of people are doing a minority of people are doing but but most people are engaged in this and and i hope that they'll continue to sort of use their to, to offer their time and their energies for the for these organizations that have been doing the work for for criminal justice and and the important work in this country so jesse we are in episode five and uh for this one bro i chose a real barn burner um, a real celebrity right now. She's on everything all over the radio. The talented, the sexy, the amusing, and sometimes unpredictable Cardi B. Um, I love Cardi B. I like Cardi B a lot. I don't know her, obviously, but I like her. And uh, she's a rags to riches story. She's an underdog, huge, fun personality, and, um, and I'm a big fan. And she's from the Bronx. She's from the Bronx, New York, so we're, we're essentially cousins. <laughs> I'm gonna try to affiliate myself with her the way you do with uh, what's that? What's that billionaire guy? What's his name? Chamath. Chamath. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, we're both. Polyapatia. Yeah, yeah. Ottawa, baby. Yeah. Cardi B was born Belcalis Marlenis Almanzar, and I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but what's funny? There's a video of her challenging the pronunciation of her own name. So who's saying the right out of both my parents? Then my dad be like, Becali, 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 Becali. And then my mom be like, Becalis, Becalis, Becalis. So how am I supposed to know somebody else's day when I don't even know my fuck, how to say my own motherfucking name? She was raised in the South Bronx. Uh, she began stripping. She began being a dancer at the age of 19. 
Um, and she says she did it as a form of financial freedom for herself and, and as a way to get out of an abusive relationship. It was around 2013 that she started to kind of get into some popularity with Vine and Instagram, the social media platforms. And uh, so around 2015, she was, you know, after two years of this consistent stuff, she, she was kind of a, a known quantity, uh, sort of a, a mini celebrity online, an influencer for sure. I think in 2015, she reached about a million followers on Instagram. And uh, then eventually was she got noticed by the right people and, and joined the cast of the VH1 reality show Love & Hip Hop. Um, that eventually led to some collabs on some music. And then she released her, her first mixtape, which was Gangsta Bitch Music Volume 1. And she blew up from there. Look like a cute bum bitch. A cute, dusty little bum bitch. <laughs> I have a homegirl. She makes $10 an hour in her job. She has a baby. She don't qualify for food stamp because supposedly she makes too much money. But yet she can't find a place to live because, you know, rent in New York City is too much. And what I'm saying is, do you have to have four kids and make $2 an hour so you could qualify for goddamn food stamps? In New you know, like my manager been having me take media training class to talk to the media for these interviews. And you know what? I be on some fuck that shit because I want to talk and the level that people could relate to me like i don't give a fuck if y'all like me or not I, i'm not gonna be fake i know a lot of bitches that don't care much to get their ass in now i personally really don't enjoy it but we just like to get our ass in now to brag about it like you know just in case a nigga try players we be like yeah well he still ate my ass though so people be talking like strippers don't be working hard and shit like if that's just some easy job but your bitch can't even walk a whole entire block with heels on and we be fucking doing splits Somersaults for hours in them shit. Bye. Hey y'all, I'm Cardi B, and I'm here to tell you that if you're on your period, let your man fuck you in your ass. <laughs> 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 like when I was younger, I never understood how some of my friends or some of the people around me used to be like. Oh, like, um, my mom let my boyfriend sleep in my house today. And it's like, ain't you 14 years old? I don't, I don't get it. When I told my mom I'm stripped and I was a grown-ass woman, she threw me down the staircase. My point exactly is, I think sometimes you should just whip your kids' ass from time to time. Trust me, they ain't gonna hate you forever. When they grown and whatnot, they gonna understand and whatever. Look at these white folks. They don't be whipping their kids' ass. And who killed them? They kids. Exactly. <laughs> when these celebrities try to commit suicide, try to kill themselves, overdose, you wonder, like, damn, why somebody that got so much money wanna die and shit because y'all motherfuckers and y'all grimy ass opinions always trying to put people down and shit like your father should have nutted it's like your mother's asshole y'all niggas is this yes i exposed my titties before yes i showed my ass before for some motherfucking money because a bitch like me without no college degree in new york city could get no job that's gonna pay her more than 260 a week that's why you little bitches gotta stay in motherfucking school because she gets real hey y'all so today i was dumb hyped because i reached a million followers then i realized wait a minute why am i hyped for I still don't got a million dollars. And I still owe two months of rent. Oh, nah, this ain't right. But, you know, I'm still thankful, though, you know. <laughs> so that's Cardi, man. Cardi's yeah. crazy. And, 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 and you know, what's funny is that I followed her way back then when she was uh, less of a known quantity because somebody forwarded one of those videos to me. And I was like, who is this, you know? Mm. She was just a big personality. By night, she was a, uh, a stripper. And by day, she was running a media organization, an improv comedy <laughs> show, you know, a one person improv comedy show um, doing comedic improv and, and commentary and just blew up off that. And I, and I just think uh, that's incredible. I mean, it is, I guess it's a, it's like a really modern uh, success story. Um, a lot of our biggest artists, I guess, get, get, get discovered this way. And then they kind of like become performers, like in their particular musical genres later. And, and, but, but he, the same thing is still what sells in her music, right? Like, I mean, when I, what I get from her music, what I find attractive in her music isn't so much the musical talent, the things I would typically look for in a musical act. It's like, well, I guess it's all part of it. It's, 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 it's attitude, right? It's like is this attitude it's just so, there's there's so much attitude in it and it's the same attitude that you saw in every one of those videos that was in that compilation and i don't know what yeah. you call that i don't know what, beyond attitude we call that swag swag but it's a certain it's a certain kind of swag though 
you know mm. it's a certain kind of swag and it's a certain kind of swag that not everyone has and that sadly and this is what i'm going to jump into now is you know when a woman has this kind of swag she opens herself up to a certain kind of criticism and so cardi has been hit with a ton of what we call today slut shaming you know cardi cardi came up at a time when there were certain prominent cultural movements happening uh, the me too movement is one of them and one feature i guess it's one branch of of sort of the modern feminist movements includes a sexual liberation which cardi does cardi is vulgar cardi talks about sex she talks about how much she enjoys it she was a sex worker i think it's fair to say and she represents a movement that says yo i you know sex working sex work is legitimate and she's not here to be talked down to or demeaned in any way uh for that yeah definitely one of the things that i get from her is much like michael jordan who we talked about in our last episode is that she's at her best she's her she performs best when responding to haters it's like that's the source of her energy any if she can get slighted in some way if somebody can criticize her in some way that she doesn't think is legit then like that's like that's her oil that's her that's where she gets her power and she's she's powerful she's powerful oh she's a beast man she can talk she can talk some shit and she can shut you down <laughs> for whatever your critique is uh, and she's and she's sexy and she knows it and her time as a as a sex worker uh, has refined her understanding of her own sexuality and and what you know her target audience likes and have you seen the twerk video no all right the twerk video is nuts man i mean in this video you've got dozens of beautiful women shaking their ass and twerking and looking looking sexy and and doing a thing and i'm not mad at the video at all um but you know she she's been open to some serious criticism uh, from just people generally and and from feminists who who define themselves differently uh in terms of their their understanding of, of feminism uh she said that she's uh, she's been accused of playing the misogynist's game by objectifying women's bodies um and she's responded you believe in equal rights uh, with men and women that makes you a feminist i don't understand how you bitches feel like being a feminist is a woman they have an education they have a degree that is not being a feminist you discouraging a certain type of woman that definitely doesn't make you one and some bitches want to act like oh you have to read a book about feminists no you do not there's only a definition for a simple word. The problem is that being a feminist is something so great and y'all don't want me to be great, but too bad. Because at the end of the day, I'm gonna encourage any type of woman. You don't have to be a woman like me for me to encourage and support you and tell you, yes, bitch, keep on going. And that's why you fucking mad, you little dusty ass <laughs> bitch. Uh, <laughs> that's Cardi, fam. What do you think of her definition of feminism? <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 there's things I like about it. I think this is just like one of the, the pros and cons of having like a word to define a movement is then, then it becomes this thing, are you in or out? And then it's, instead of just like having like a, like, a, like a good discussion around the things that the, the criticisms people actually have over like what the actual impacts of that video are, we becomes a conversation about whether or not she's a feminist which is like a much less interesting conversation to me. Like, I don't really care whether or not like one somebody thinks she is or isn't a feminist. I think I've, right. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's interesting and powerful that she defines herself as a feminist. Cause I like that word to get out there because then people get interested in like what it means. And they, they like learn about all these various different critiques of our society that come under the banner of feminism, um, which are very powerful. And I think a lot of us have a lot to gain from, from getting into. So I like the idea that it gets the word further out there, that she takes it on. She's like, I am this thing. But I, 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 just, I just don't care about the discussion about whether or not she's a feminist, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't have that conversation until you have the first conversation, which is to define feminism. Which there's whole... Her definite... That's a whole thing. Like that, the thousands, a whole thing. millions of 
academics are involved in and trying to figure out and yeah no it's a whole thing i mean but there's a history you know there are movements that have existed in the past and have you know we rest on those shoulders of of the people who put who did that work and and today's feminism is sometimes called considered a third wave of feminism um and it includes ownership of a woman's sexuality and so cardi represents easily she sits in this category of of feminism that um that wants to redefine words like slut and hoe and 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 to say yo i those words don't aren't injurious to me uh, yeah. and in fact you know I, I get to control so so it also empowers sex workers to say you know sex work is legitimate and and i have an asset in my body that i can choose to do whatever i want with and capitalize on and uh cardi right now is probably one of the most like prominent spokespeople for for this position i think it's i think it's interesting i don't know if she signed up i don't know if she was like deliberately trying to be a feminist model or anything like that but i think she's just like she's just constantly speaking honestly and just being clear about who she is and what she wants does she have a take on on like when male artists um in their videos just surround themselves with with like uh, almost naked women who are paid to be there? Does she, has Cardi ever kind of like, do you know about that? She's spoken on those things. Is she cool with that? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. I don't know what she would say to that. I think because she I, sees it as that. Mm -hmm. Because I imagine that the, the, the people that are criticizing her are saying, would be saying something along the lines of like, that same image that was, did harm when it was a male artist that was the one eventually making the money off the video or who was the, the kind of face of the video that that uh, the, there's no difference between your video and those videos at some level in terms of that image i guess is maybe what their argument would be i think it's an interesting argument and i think it's it's one worth having and i think it's one now we're we're, we're two cisgendered men and maybe we're not best equipped for this conversation it's a conversation that women have to have and are having about about their their liberation um mm -hmm. and you know i think for me some of the nuance is important so i think if a woman says exactly what you said that this music video the twerk video for instance is indistinguishable from some of the misogynist masculine you know male oriented videos i don't see how that's not a like there's validity in that as well you know as far as i'm concerned there's something there like the, i just hope that i hope that cardi and others can have that conversation with with those detractors and figure it out, you know? There's actually a shot in that video that reminded me of the Thong Song video. Like where it kind of like, oh, yeah. camera on the dolly going past all the butts. Um, but, uh, but I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> the, and the, who doesn't I, love some butts, man? <laughs> yo, who doesn't love it? Yo, little, you know? But like, know. it's a but question. Like, so Cardi would say, yo, at least I'm, I'm owning that. It's me as mm -hmm. opposed to some yeah. Other guy. Now, obviously, there's a label and da, 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 so clearly there's some some white guy at the top somewhere. But you know, Cardi mm -hmm. gets to gets to inject herself and extract as much as she can from from the commerce of this. And there's uh -huh. some value to that. And also, like twerking is is like a pretty impressive dance. Like it's some really there's some real art there in twerking. You know, like it takes practice and it's hard to do and um, if you do it well, I've seen some people do it poorly. I'm, I'm one of those. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't twerk. Like all I art forms, twerk. man. Like all art forms. Yeah. You know? It's like that's how you know it's an art form. If somebody's doing it poorly, that's how you know it takes practice. Um, Real talk. But the, the the thing I would say about this is like in terms of a broader politics I see with her is that she's just anti-hater, and she has anti-hater politics. She has like a like <laughs> she has anti-judgment, anti-judgment politics. And I saw this mm. from her when she came to the defense, I guess we'll call it, of uh, Zaya Wade or Zaya Wade. I, can, I don't know how she pronounced it, but um, uh, the daughter, the trans daughter of uh, Dwayne Wade and oh, right. Gabrielle Union. When at 12 years of age, they 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 publicized the fact that their their daughter was transi uh, transitioning from um, young boy to young woman, and caught a lot of flack about that. And Cardi B came to the defense like get the fuck off this is you, you can't judge people like this like you don't know her reality you don't know 
you know what she's going through and um and basically saying uh you know i know not everybody has been exposed to people of uh some of us aren't from neighborhoods or from communities or families or whatever where where we're exposed to a lot of people with different like sexual and gender diverse identities and stuff like that and so we are immediately thing is to judge and she's like I, I understand that but please just take some time to try to understand this you know read something whatever and i, I really appreciated that that like that that anti-hater anti-judgment um politics and it was yeah. uh, it's a nice place is it is it consistent though is she a hater does she hate on the people no i think cardi i mean you're describing a kind of a, a libertarian politics in some ways like oh, a really? total <laughs> Yeah, right? Do you agree with me? I like guess, it's, like, yeah, it's in some way, liberty. Individual yeah, rights, you know, like, I, I am who I am. Stay, the government should stay out of my business, and so should, you know, other other people. Like, I, oh, I'm just on that expressing front, myself like on, freely. On freedom, freedom of expression, freedom to be who you want to be, maybe. I mean, we're, we're going to get into this in a bit, but that, she's definitely not libertarian in terms of um, economic no. policy and... No. And she thinks the government should be playing a role in, in giving people what they need so that they can focus on other things, you know, not having. Exactly. Anyways, we're going to get into that later, I know. We definitely will. Yeah, and her, so anti-hater is one way to, to, to uh, characterize it. Um, she, I think she's uh, bedfellows with like uh, Amber Rose and the slut walk. You familiar with the slut walk, Jess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. We're taking back the word slut. Nobody can tell us what to do. We own our own bodies. It's up to us. So we wanted to be surrounded just by complete body positivity. No shaming, no slut shaming. A lot of people are blind to the fact that um, women aren't being treated equally, and, um, and that's, that's a big problem. To wear what you want to wear because you're comfortable in your own skin. Gold digger, hoe, scammer, slut, bitch, fat bitch, diet, all of that. What makes this year's slut walk different from the previous two? I think people are more aware because I didn't shut up about it and I threw my bush in everyone's face and I just kind of didn't stop for feminism, you know? Slut Walk actually started out by you, bro. Started in Toronto. Toronto, yep. Absolutely. I know some of the people that were in the first Slut Walk. The I, was in, I was in Honduras when Slut Walk took off and I filmed the uh, first Slut Walk in Tegucigalpa in Honduras. That was pretty impressive. You want to talk about a place where where that was pushing things. Um, mm. It's like a very, very conservative place to be doing a slut walk. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was an impressive time. The international phenomenon known as slut walk has now reached the Honduran capital of Tegucigalpa. Slut walk began on April 3rd in Toronto, Canada, when 3,000 people marched to Toronto police headquarters to protest a constable's advice to a university security conference that, quote, women should avoid dressing like sluts in order not to be victimized. In just over two months, slut walks have been organized in at least 80 cities representing every continent on the globe. It's a way of saying to people, like, get used to seeing me out here and not saying anything. You know, and, and shutting up, dressing however I want to dress. That's how I that's how I took it too, and I think it's interesting because you know I think some of these ideas around what's vulgar and what's not allowed and and things like that came out of um, an idea that you know there's there's parts of human life and civic life and stuff like that where we we sh we need as a society to take make moves to not be distracted by our sexual thoughts, you know like. When you're in the office, it's time to do work. When you're in a courtroom, it's like time to figure out if the person's guilty or not. And so everybody needs to refrain from wearing um, things that will distract other people. And and I guess there's some validity to that. But it's it's like at the same time, that same society has been telling women that their only value is in terms of you know being sexy and being able to attract a man and stuff like that. So... So then it's it's like this is how you tell me to express stuff and you're saying shouldn't do it in this place and both. so there's like a certain amount of control that, that comes from that uh, and also just men's fashion I guess hasn't been as as skin showing typically now we're seeing a lot more tighter pants things like that so it'd be interesting to see if um, what happens in the future but uh, I, I think it's like an, it's a it's a rebellion against this this feeling of control which is totally legitimate. Totally, totally legitimate. legitimate. And so, and are you familiar with OnlyFans, Jesse? 
I've been I've I've heard about it. I have never been on the platform myself. Oh, you don't have to lie, Jesse. You don't have to lie. This is a this I don't have to lie. Judgment free podcast. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, so only fans, no haters. Only fans. That's right. OnlyFans is uh, is is a social platform um, in which you know people can sell videos and photos and live streams, and there's a monthly membership uh, system behind a paywall, and it's available to anybody. So it could be like YouTube, but it really has found a niche with adult entertainers. And in the age of COVID nineteen, it seems like COVID OnlyFans has blown up. There's a 75% increase in signups on OnlyFans. Uh, the website reports 170,000 new users each day. And so that's a lot of young men and women. Um, I don't know the demographics exactly. I don't know how many of these are women to men, but um, a lot of new people saying, yo, this is a platform that I could uh, gain a following and make some money, particularly as there's so much insecurity in the in the in the mainstream job market. Whatever they were doing before before coronavirus hit, but I don't know if you've noticed it on my it's something. You, it's something you can do from home, I guess, too. So something you can do from home. But there's been some backlash, man. There's a lot of people, you know, being critical of again, particularly the women. I think again, I don't know the demographics, but I'm imagining it's it, it leans a little bit more towards uh, new female members. There's all this backlash. There's all this like slut shaming backlash about what it means to to have a OnlyFans account. It kind of blows my mind, man, because you know I I would totally expect that ten years ago, but it's 2020. Tinder is a thing. Tinder is a thing. People are hooking up, sexting. You know, non-monogamy has has sort of become an acceptable way of being, or I don't know if it has become, but it's certainly like asserted itself as a legitimate alternative to, to monogamy and yet young women engaged in virtual sex work are being criticized including people like cardi b how does this like anti-sex work thing sustain itself in a climate where sexting and sex positivity is actually at its peak that it's you know in a, in a greater way than it's ever been yeah i mean i i feel like this this question of um, of like where where the lines are and how how you should be able to make money with sex and how you shouldn't be and blah blah is just like one of those culture debates that will forever be with humanity in some form or another. It's just, I mean, if you're gonna fight that fight, go for it. But like, no society's ever eliminated it, right? Um, and if you were actually wanted to be effective about it, then you would probably want to lobby for. If you actually feel like this is like a horrible thing and. Which I, I I could I guess I can understand that argument, particularly when people are doing it not because there's something they want to do, but it's because something they don't they feel they have no other options. Well, then you should be fighting for them to have other options. If that's the situation you're trying to save people from, not, not by eliminating that thing they see as their only option left. Right. Um, and Card Cardi's been really transparent about that. Like her her whole thing, she she in some ways glamorizes sex work and in other ways she's pretty clear that it was a last resort for her it was it was that or or on the streets and she's somebody who appears to be have been able to to do it in a way that that she felt like was on her terms it seems like yeah and that she even got some enjoyment out of it it sounds like part of what hip-hop does is i think it embraces some of these darker you know poverty stricken like the 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 idea of having to do what you have to do. And so like, there's a yeah. glorification of hustling, drug sales, potential murders, robbery, fraud, scams, whatever we had to do because these systems fail us. And when the men do it, it's fun and we glorify it. And Jay-Z's a cool guy. I fuck with Jay-Z, I think he's the greatest rapper of all time. But his stuff is laced with all that, you know? It's particularly his, you know, reasonable doubt, that kind of stuff. That's all that. It's like whatever asset, what, however he assesses himself in the marketplace for, uh, you know, how to make money. He he just injects himself and starts to make it happen. And we don't critique it. We don't say he oh, he shouldn't have done that. Um, but Cardi has to suffer this criticism, and it's it's certainly not fair.
So let's let's jump into a quick video about uh, showing uh, Cardi's evolution uh, in present day. Cardi is more than just a former dancer, more than just a rapper. I mean, she's a legit entertainer. She's a producer. Mm -hmm. She was, you know, co-producer on a Netflix special called uh, Rhythm and Flow. It was a competition where they found um, talented music artists in different parts of the country. I'm expecting to get pregnant by one of these records. That verse. <laughs> Definitely gave me trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, yeah, man. Yeah, I just, I just, you know what? Put me some real. <laughs> Literally hanging by a vagina hair. You know that little hair on your lip that you didn't get to? <laughs> You're that hair. <laughs> yeah. Take my panties off. You smoke weed, don't you? You do. And I understand what's wrong with hummus. I like hummus. I'm selling boobs, I'm selling ass and everything. Well, the way that Flawless came up there like a male stripper that worked at <laughs> He was selling that shit, wasn't he? He looked like he was gonna come in here with a pizza box without the pizza in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those clips because it's showing a woman who is now in a different just a different climate you know she's flanked by ti and chance the rapper and she's uh, holding her own and is also the same girl she's still cardi from the block she's saying the same stuff she speaks in the same tone and cadence and with the same raw uh, sort of vulgar sexuality she's handling stuff man she's a hard-working woman man she's out here putting out music and also putting out other uh, video content. There's, there was another thing. She was a host of, uh, was it an award show? I can't remember which one, but she, I was impressed by her stage presence. She has the skills of a stand-up comic as well. And I just think she has, in front of her, her future is, is pretty bright. She can, she can do pretty much whatever she wants. Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like being um, an Instagram person first or a Vine person first and having that that pressure to deliver off the cuff every day, multiple times a day, making content multiple times a day. This is like a skill that, that she's developed so that she's she's ready to rock in the moment. She has that imp and a natural improbability and she's funny. Uh, she's definitely funny. And her creativity, like um, the way she presents herself and all of it, it also reminds me of those those figures when I was growing up that that were like a dose of weird into the into the mainstream, yeah. like um like a Missy Elliott or or Outcast or even like uh, Busta Rhymes. His videos, I remember, they would just be aesthetically crazy. Yeah, uh, there would just be so much happening, so many colors, and that's like making space for other people, uh, you know, at a lot of local level to to express themselves, to to wear funny things, whatever it might be, to not uh, to not just all look the same. She's savvy with the context of understanding her particular assets. You know, she understands that her sexuality is part of her selling point. And she has, and she should have the right to capitalize on that. Like, I don't know yeah. of another industry where we, we tell people to limit themselves based on some vague, absurd moral standard. Um, so why should this woman have to do that? And she's like, I don't give a fuck i do what i want and this is what i'm gonna do and and people love her for it women for sure love her for it i think the men should love her for those reasons as well yeah i mean i as an as an artist like the music i want to listen to at least when i'm at home you know not not at, out drinking or whatever you know i prefer chance the rapper for example who's who's the co-host on there but when i watch the trailer for hustle and flow I don't think there's a single Chance the Rapper clip in the trailer. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's you... basically Cardi B from beginning to end with a little bit from the contestants in between. I said, oh, I said Hustle and Flow, I meant Rhythm and Flow. Rhythm and Flow, right. right. That's a, <laughs> another another great movie. film, another great film. By the way, you, you you were the one that introduced me to Chance the Rapper. Like, he had one video out. It was that, that like, slow ballad with the singer in the car. And this is like years ago. So you were telling me you were early on Cardi B when she oh, was yeah, just like an Instagram yeah. person. You were also real early on Chance the Rapper. Yeah, yeah Like you're yeah. doing well, Billy. Well, you know, I've got that. You're a air. bit of a you're you know. a bit of a talent scout, bro. 
<laughs> Chance, Chance, Chance was, he just had a different sound. He was fantastic early on. I loved his positivity. You know, obviously he, he has a religious angle to his music, which is great. But you'll see that in that, in that, in oh. these clips, Cardi is just mm, saying all kinds of things about her vagina. And you see, you see Chance go, oh no, you know, and yeah it's it's really interesting to watch you know chance is like oh don't say those words and cardi's like yo i believe in saying whatever comes to my mind you know uh hmm. and it works for both of them so it's pretty solid so yes yeah, so you've got this girl from the bronx cardi who has all this charisma and energy and uh, when she comes into prominence as a famous figure she says i'm gonna use my voice in politics and she sees her political outlet through Bernie Sanders. It's a pretty interesting story. Apparently, when when Bernie Sanders was running for president in 2016, she tweeted out vote for daddy Bernie bitch and she said that in her in her video. And then in 2018, she told GQ that Franklin Roosevelt was the real make America a great again because if it wasn't for him, old people wouldn't get social security. Um, the Sanders campaign caught on that, that she was, you know, she had some socialist tendencies um, and said shit. And, you know, they jumped on and said, Cardi B is right. If we are really going to make America great, we need to strengthen Social Security. And then they recorded videos together. The last time I got on live, I had a fit because I was so hurt and upset that you dropped out of the, the race and everything. And I was really upset because I keep telling the youth. And I keep telling my people and my supporters like this that you guys really have to go and vote. And now we are, are you know, now we're stuck between 45. We won't name them over here. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to name them over here. So now we have uh, 45 and Joe Biden. And you know, I'm just going to go with Joe Biden because I cannot see the next, the next step of America being ran by number 45. Like, I think, and I, and I don't know, you told me, I think we are going to enter like a recession. Right now, even though we are going through this coronavirus crisis, you know, people are still running. And I heard that you are endorsing now Joe Biden. Now we want you to tell my platform, why are you endorsing him? Like, why Good. should we vote for him? First point is that when I announced that I was running for president, and there were like 18 people running. You know, what I said is, if I don't win, and I tried hard to win, uh, I will endorse the Democrat who wins because Donald Trump is, to my mind, the most dangerous president in the modern history of America. Super logical. I mean, if she, if she, you know, as we saw in the earlier Instagram videos, said it, when as she was getting famous and said, "There's a lot of pressure on me to change as I get rich and go Hollywood," or however she put it, um, and she said, "I'm not going to change." Well, this is logical then. If you're not going to change, if you're going to stay in touch with the needs of the community you came from, then obviously a progressive candidate, in my opinion, somebody who's going to support something like $15 an hour, somebody who's going to support free healthcare for everybody, free education for everybody, then that's clearly in the best interest of your community. And so it's logical, but it's also brave because as we talked about with uh, with Michael Jordan, uh, when you're a brand, when, you, when you're selling things, um, taking political positions, strong political positions, not like taking controversial political positions, like supporting a socialist candidate, this can split your fan base. You run the risk of splitting your fan base. So, so it's while it's logical for her to support him, it's brave for her to do it um, and to put that ahead of what's, what would potentially be her economic interest. The other thing I would note too is that these things are really painful usually to watch when candidates get together with artists for these videos. Like uh, Bernie is, is really painful to watch actually. Like I remember <laughs> the one with um, uh, Killer Mike. Oh, okay. And Killer Mike explains his reasons for supporting Bernie and, and shows like a like a real understanding of the issues in the history of, of, of racism and uh, and class struggle in the US. And then Bernie goes, yeah, yeah. And starts to tell him all about the history of Martin Luther King and the Poor People's Campaign. <laughs> and it's like, and, uh, and so instead of having a discussion, it was like Bernie teaching 
this guy who's from Atlanta, like, you know, where Martin Luther King, you know, was the preacher at the church, right? It's just so painful to watch because it, it could have been a real discussion between two minds right. trying to figure out what's next for, for America. But and, and I remember the Mary J. Blige one with, um, with Hillary Clinton, which is just like, it was like a Saturday Night Live skit, like in and of itself. It was just so Hillary Clinton's so uncomfortable. Mary J. Blige is so looks so it's just the whole the whole dynamic was so ridiculous. But Cardi B is like one of the only people I've seen one of these things that comes across really like she's being herself. Because she video is being herself, bro. That is. I really felt like she was being herself. Yeah, she can't help it. I mean, and again, <laughs> I think one of the recurring themes in several of our podcasts is that notion of of being yourself and then also striving to be your better self, you know, I guess. Um, yeah. And Cardi, Cardi uh, represents that and she continues to. So obviously we are uh, in this moment, uh, June 1st, we're not only dealing with, you know, several months into a coronavirus uh, epidemic, but we're also, we've been mired with new videos of another police officer killing another innocent man in the street in cold blood and this time not just with obviously it's never good but it's not just some moment of a gun firing this is a slow deliberate disgusting watching a man being the watching a man have the life sucked out of him with with uh with a An callous knee on his execution neck. yeah you know eight minute execution eight minute execution with people screaming and saying hey you're killing this man stop you know there's people you know, trying to compel this man to do something different than what he was doing, and he and he did nothing. And his police officer compadres, the partners, all did nothing as well. So I just want to give my POV. Seeing people looting and going extremely outraged, you know, it makes me feel like yes, finally, finally, motherfuckers is gonna hear us now, yeah. And um, as much as people is so against it at this point, I feel like I'm not against it, even though it. It, it do scare me and I don't want anybody to get hurt, but it's just, it's really frustrating. You want to know why? Because police brutality been going on even, even way before I was born, but it has been, been more visual ever since, you know, social media started getting popping. And ever since, let's say Instagram started, just one app, let's say, let's say since Instagram started, how many peaceful protests have we seen? How many trending hashtags have we seen these hashtags keep freaking repeating themselves i feel like i've done videos against police brutality brutality i feel like this is like my seventh time like i've been doing fucking police brutality videos ever since my teeth been fucked up and the only shit that changed has been my fucking teeth like you know what i'm saying so it's like people are tired so now they they they're tired of showing that it's like oh Motherfuckers are educated. Motherfuckers could take the grown and adult way and act peaceful. People are tired of that. So now this is what people have to resort to. And another thing, I also want to say this. Another way for uh, the people to take power, I don't want to make everything political, but it is what it is. It's by voting. And when I say voting, I'm not only talking about the president. We could vote for mayors. We could vote for judges and we could also vote for um, DAs, district attorneys. Yes, we could vote for these people for our county. We sure can. She doesn't have to say any of that. And we see so many celebrities not saying any of that or attempting it. Uh, her political activism is deliberate. It's conspicuous. And she deserves credit for that. Yeah, I really appreciate what she's saying here too. I feel like I've I've been in a similar position in the sense that like I've gone through periods of my life where I've been like, forget voting. Voting doesn't change anything. It's time to riot, you know. And then I've been in other periods where I've been like, rioting doesn't do anything. It just destroys buildings and and it doesn't it doesn't change anything. We need to get organized and vote. And now I feel like I'm in a place like where she is, where I'm like, I don't know what works. Let's try it all and let's just encourage people that feel passionate about whichever, as long as I'll, I'll judge people more on their motivations and their values than I will on their tactics. And and if, uh, if they're with me in motivation and value and, and whatever tactic they think works for them, go for it. And that's what I see in this video. She, in the same video, she basically says like, 
yeah, like the, this, the, I, I was happy to see these riots. It, it, it made me feel like we're going to be heard finally. I'm sick of doing these peaceful Instagram campaigns. At the same time, let's not forget to vote because riots can only say what we're against. And um, it's hard to say what you're for with a riot and hard to put forward a different vision with a riot. Absolutely. I think I think we're watching we are all invested in this project, you know. And once we can admit that, we can have a conversation. A lot of the a lot of the dichotomies of black versus white are thrown out of the window in this one. White people are overwhelmingly, in my view, in my experience, overwhelmingly appalled by this as well. Now it's it's a question of, you know, how they act in 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 their anger the question of police versus the people even even on this you know as there are like i said in the united states at least footage of police officers expressing their distaste and um, taking knees and walking with the protesters that's also not enough it's part of the equation but it's not enough this is a more nuanced conversation i'm just hoping that like, if she says this is her seventh time around of doing these campaigns uh, on Instagram or whatever it might be, maybe I'm hoping the next one, like she links to like a hand, an activist handbook, like here, you know, I've seen a lot of these lists going around, like here's 75 things you can do to join the fight. Because at this point it's it's like, what can you do? Like share this video or, and, um, and I think people need to be given some ideas and encouraged to get creative about how to use their influence where they are. And it would be cool to see people like Cardi B go in there. And if she doesn't go there, that's not, I'm not going to like hate her for that. I'm just saying uh, that would be a cool thing to see for, in terms of next steps for an artist yeah. like this. Without a doubt, she, she's someone who's capable of evolution and, and a self-critique. And she's trying to figure out you know, how to use her, her relatively newfound you know, status to, to influence change. We're going to watch Cardi B... Uh, attempt several things right now she's engaging with bernie sanders and um i don't know if bernie's gonna run again i am you know he's an old man i don't think it's gonna happen anymore uh four years from now but um i think we'll see what she does and 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 what she learns from these experiences with bernie and from these these riots and from all the the political hits that are likely to uh befall us all uh but i i don't think she's gonna recede and be a wallflower or, 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 or think the moment is too big or she can't she can't use her influence productively she's not that she's not built that way she's built to say yo i'm here and uh, yeah i fuck with that yeah and the more she goes it seems like as somebody who who gets her energy from from haters like the more she wades into the political world the more she's just gonna get political haters mm. um and that's that's just gonna from what I see from her, that's just going to fuel her uh, and push her further and further in that direction. And um, she'll get more and more creative in that world as a way to show up those those people. Yeah. I think, you know, with the haters thing, I'm, I'm all for the anti-hater politics generally. The whole concept of a hater is interesting to me. I, I, I hope we can get to a more nuanced conversation where... Like if someone if someone doesn't like something, they're not necessarily a hater. You know what I mean? Mm, and I think yeah. Cardi has mastered. You mentioned her ability to like create, cult, uh, craft a headline for for uh, easy consumption for BuzzFeed or whomever else. She's really good at you know you levy a critique at her, she shuts the conversation down. She, you ain't shit. You know what I mean? Like she says whatever, and the conversation's over. And I think eventually she'll see power in. The idea that the conversation has to continue, even if it's with someone who has an undue distaste for something and someone who's wrong objectively, engage with them. Don't necessarily shut it down like they have no room to speak. No, people have people deserve their room to be wrong or to have their opinion. That's what I'm hoping for generally is just better, better conversations. And she she has a kind of style about her that shuts that that can shut shut a conversation down after after she's yeah. done saying what she has to say it's it's hard to imagine somebody in that world being able to stay on top while embracing the kind of dialogue uh uh respecting of all voices <laughs> kind of <laughs> thing that you're describing right like she would be somebody totally different she would not be the person that 
that her fans have uh, appreciate, I guess, or that like get entertainment out of. And so, so we, it might be the, the fastest way to like lose her <laughs> off the stage, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, 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 that, I think that's a hard, hard thing to hope for. But, um, but also we shouldn't be like Dave Chappelle always says, you know, we shouldn't be looking to our celebrities to hold the entire political space, you know, or to, um, to be the place where we go to get all our information on, uh, on what to think about what's going on in the world. We don't need that. We don't need a musician to do that. We need them to be real and, and, uh, and to be in solidarity. That's exactly right. And that's a good place to end it, my friend. Jesse, thanks so much for episode five with Cardi B. I think we covered some good ground here. And um, obviously, this is a real rough moment for everyone and all the listeners. I hope we uh, traversed all these topics with some care and uh, we were able to shed some light. I hope as well. Love you. Much love. Much love, Jess. Peace. <laughs>